Hey everyone, my name is Martel Man, and this is Corporate Ish, where we highlight black professionals, have authentic conversations about the black experience in corporate America, and provide tips to help you grow in your career. Stay tuned. On today's episode, we have Robin Hines. She's an early career development lead at Cash App. We'll talk about what she does on a daily basis, and she'll also provide tips to help new graduates and people who are looking to re-enter the workforce. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. We have Robin here. Thank you so much for joining us today. How you doing today, Robin? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm excited about this conversation. Uh, we have another person here from Cash App. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so just to just to get into everything uh, for the people that do not know you, uh, can you talk a little more uh, and tell the people who you are? Introduce yourself. Um, tell us where you're from. You know what you do for a living and so forth. Absolutely. So again, Robin, I am from the greater St. Louis area, but more specifically on the Illinois side. So anybody who is familiar with the area, you may have heard of a little town called Belleville. Um, and that is where I'm, I'm from, currently living in St. Louis. Uh, Martel said it. I, I work at Cash App currently. I'm new to the organization, so I'm still learning and growing um, within the cash space and learning how the company operates. Before this, I was at Worldwide Technology, so I have a, a breadth of knowledge in, in those two different organizations. And I've been in the professional world, it seems like forever, even though I feel like we're still, you know, millennials, we're so young. Um, But if we're talking specifically like that people HR experience, um, I've been in this space for, I would say, the past eight or so years. Um, And then just a little bit about me. I'm I'm really passionate about people, passionate about talent specifically, and then also passionate about mixing talent and diversity and inclusion. So creating opportunities for women, people of color and everything in between um, so that these companies can match the people in which they they serve. Nice. Great. That's dope. And it sounds like your passions uh, really led you to the career that you're in now, which is the early career development lead um, at Cash App. Can you uh, tell us more about how you landed at Cash App and um, yeah, just let's just start with that. How did you end up, you know, and land at Cash App? Absolutely. So, you know, the one thing about the the people in HR space, sometimes it is about who you know. And so Cash has always been one of those organizations that I looked at. Um, they've been progressive. They have a really big presence in the St. Louis area. Probably one of the big drivers in my decisions to even give them a glance was back in 2014 when Cash didn't even exist. They were operating under the Square umbrella, which is which is still true now. But Square was right. the yeah. was the company, um, and it was right around the time of the the Mike Brown case. And I was working at an organization that really didn't too much care about it because it was before um, inclusion and diversity was this trendy topic that it is now. But they were having roundtable sessions about the Mike Brown case and, and how to move forward and things like that. And so that's when I knew like Square and anything related to it was was really along the lines of progression. And so obviously within their different ecosystems, Cash App has developed and become this new thing that everybody's really excited about. So I had always looked at positions there, but I was pretty happy where I was. And and, and even still, I have nothing but love for the company I used to work for. But um, I had a a friend at Cash App, shout out to Corey, and he was so passionate about his organization and and what Square and Cash did. And so he always would send me jobs, but I needed it to be the right job. And then he sent me this job and it was the perfect fit, which really married my path which married my passion for developing that next generation of talent, um, but also, again, doing it where I can work within underrepresented groups and then create opportunities for them within that. So very excited to be Cash's early career development lead. It's a new role that didn't exist before. They're starting up this this whole new program, and I'm, I'm really happy to do it and super pumped about it. 
So yeah, that's that's how I, I got into it. And then I just applied and went through the process. I will say, you know, these interview processes seem to be getting longer and longer. Um, <laughs> and as a person that works in HR, I try to, you know, I try to tell team members, don't make it that way. But it was a great interview <laughs> process. Um, and again, really happy to be there. Wow, that's yeah, that's incredible. And I'm happy that, that you're there that you're there and great that you had such a great experience and was able mm-hmm. to use those, use that connection that you had at Cash App. So can you tell us a little more about what you will be doing exactly as the career development, early career development lead? Absolutely. So really the basis of my job is to strengthen the building blocks of emerging talent and and creating and supporting gateways to employment. It starts at the campus um, level, working with universities and, and taking those students and helping them find their internships or that next opportunity. But in the same breath, um, I'll be working with apprenticeships. So maybe people who choose to not go that traditional college route. Now we live in a society where you can learn so many different things from a plethora of different areas. College is not always the answer for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, we now yeah. have boot camps. We have um, you know certifications that you can go through and, and get certified. There's so many different programs out there that teach you these skills. So whether you are a college student who is looking to be a software developer or somebody who's been a teacher um, within the past 15 years and you're looking to transition into, let's say, creative, um, a creative design type of role because you have that passion, there's programs out there that will help you get that done. And my job is is to go and, and help you get to that point specifically with cash. So really helping folks start their career at Cash App, whether it's through an internship, apprenticeship, a returnship. Um, and, and that's a new thing that I'm you know excited to work on is returnships. So when you think about working mothers who maybe take time off to, to raise their family or working fathers or people who have to take off for a leave of any, you know, of any reason, and they're returning back into the workforce and they want to maybe change up their career or transition or even stay within the same career field. And they may have just lost touch of what they used to do. That is my role. So it's early career development, but it really should be looked at as emerging talent because it really is that next step, um, the next generation, those who are looking for that next career opportunity and starting their career with cash. That is that is what I do. Wow, that's incredible, and I like. I never heard that term before. Returnship. Um, yeah. So, so I really <laughs> like the fact that you all are working with uh, people from all different kind of backgrounds, not mm-hmm. just necessarily. You don't have to be a college graduate necessarily. You can, like you said, take on an apprenticeship, mm-hmm. and you know, go through these certification programs. Like even with things like I personally, I took a data analytics um, program mm-hmm. where I was earning a certificate, and we had people in that program that did not have college degrees and were just earning mm-hmm. that data data analytics certificate uh, from WashU mm-hmm. and then getting jobs from there, nice paying jobs, good jobs. Mm-hmm. And really nowadays, that's kind of how things are going. There are still plenty of jobs out there that that require or ask for a degree, but there are several jobs out there, well-paying jobs, great jobs yeah. uh, that, you know, if you go through, a, all you need to do is go through a certification program or, you know, yeah. take a, go through a boot camp or something like that. And that returnship, uh, that you mentioned as well for people that are looking to re-enter or return to the workforce. Mm-hmm. That's awesome that you guys are helping them with that as well. So that that's that's incredible. How um, I'm interested on in knowing how did you get into this uh, space? Because this is all human resources essentially, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. how did you how did you end up getting into this human resources early career development space? Absolutely. So you know what? It's so funny because. When I first went off to school, you know, did the whole traditional thing, I was I was so sure that I wanted to be a nurse, but then like chemistry just was not for me. But I always knew <laughs> I had a passion Same. for people and I knew that I had a passion, you know, for working with people. So um, I have an aunt who is an HR. Her name is Tiffany. She's amazing. And she really has been like my HR mentor. If you talk to anybody who's in the HR space or who's trying to break into the HR space, um, it could be pretty tough because HR positions are far fewer and in between. And when people find themselves in a position in HR, they typically stay there. Um, and, and mm-hmm. HR is really just a great way to, to know everything within the company. So I knew that I was going to have to do some work to, to land within the HR space. 
But what I learned early on that I feel like a lot of people don't learn, you know, until they're well into their career and they maybe even feel like it's too late, which, you know, I like to put out there that it's never too late. But what I feel like I learned early on is the power of transferable skills. And I think Mm. if I can, you know, if anybody can take away anything, especially if you're early on in your career or you're transitioning within your career or you're that next generation of talent, transferable skills are everything. So I started my career off as a community relations um, coordinator with a, a local dental company, just really working with them. I handled a lot of their operations, but also the marketing, getting out into the community, showcasing, hey, this dentist office does this. Um, you know, you want to work with us, going to health fairs, which was great because that prepared me for things like career fairs. Um, but I started off with that and then made a transition into the, the sales environment. And so people underestimate the power of that. But once you've been in retail sales, um, you really can do anything. Once you've oh, had yeah. to deal with people <laughs> and their issues, or once you've had to, you know, sell people things, upsell. I think there's such there's such passion in that, but there's also such benefit in that. Just being able to to have those difficult conversations, being able to put yourself out there, uh, not feeling embarrassed, not being afraid to hear the word no, not asking again even after the word no. It really does prepare you for all of the things that life has to to offer you when it comes to the professional world. But then after that, I definitely wanted to get more into that corporate environment because I knew ultimately that's where I wanted to end up. So I took more of an operational administrative role, and that just prepared me for all of the things corporate. And then that ultimately led to working within the human resources space. So talking about human resources specifically, a great segue is going into either HR assistant or HR coordinator type of work where you are learning the ins and out of human resources. I've done it all from benefits to employee relations to recruiting. And then wow. from there, you really learn your passion for human resources. And then that led me um, to, you know, working within the HR space. And then that led me to working within the recruiting space. And that's where I really found that passion because I knew I was able to connect with people. And then there's always that fine line between um, recruiting and program management. So ultimately, I was in program management working between diversity relations and diversity recruiting and married the two because, you know, people always ask me, well, how does that work? But um, what people don't realize is the best way when people are looking to diversify their their organizations, a great place to do it is within that early career transitioning career talent. And so I did that um, when I was at Worldwide Technology and I did that for for a couple of years, almost four years. And I learned so much in that space, um, whether it was about diversity and inclusion or whether it was about university relationships and you know building relationships between college, building out college internship programs, relationships. I even had relationships with Washington you, an amazing school to work with, with an amazing um, campus full of students and employees. Yeah, And so, you know, that experience ultimately led me to cash where um, I'm continuing to lead efforts centered around, again, growing that that early career talent and growing that next generation of talent. So my career journey, um, it was, you know, there was no straight line. And that's where I feel like people have to understand your journey is your own, your path is your own. And every little thing that you do, whether you believe it or not, it ultimately leads you to that final thing that you're trying to get to that that dream job or a dream role or that dream company that you're trying to land at. So, um, you know, my my journey was no straight path. I was all over the mm. place. That's that's just my personality in general. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about all of it is the power of those transferable skills. And if you know how to really showcase that, then you can you can land whatever job that you want. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I think you made some really good points there, especially about the transferable skills, which mm-hmm. I know some that come to mind, like when I think about transferable skills, is like, you know, having good communication or being able to solve problems, uh, you know, you know, being a good leader, mm-hmm. uh, just these different kind of things, like some of the things that you pick up, like you to your point, the experience that you had in sales, I worked in mm-hmm. sales as well. Mm-hmm. Um and I know I picked up a lot of good skills there that helps me out now in a non-sales role. Uh, so I, th- I think you made some really good points there. Then also about the your success not being necessarily um, linear. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't a, it wasn't a straight line. It you know mm-hmm. it was you know like I, if I I think I'm thinking about like this meme that I saw before about like people's like this is what people think success looks like it's like this linear straight yeah. line but it's actually like this squiggly line all over the place and then yeah. you get to your end goal it's not it's not you know typically it's just not this straight path usually you just go all over the place and you try to and to your, to your point you 
uh, dipped your toe in like into a different different things in HR and experienced different things in HR until you figured out like what your passion was and what you truly wanted to do, yeah. and all those things helped you along the way. So that's that's definitely a great uh, some great points that you made there. Absolutely. So uh, a question I had uh, for you um, about early career um, development is that it sounds like that you, so if, if I'm understanding correctly, you work with universities is like yeah. mainly like, um, I know that some of the people that, some of the organizations that you work with, is it mainly like career fair kind of things or what, what kind of, how do you uh, attract like our get early career talent uh, in? Absolutely. So it's a plethora of different of different things and career fairs are only the scratch of the surface. So obviously career fairs are your obvious, obvious way to go out and find that next level talent. Um, but there, I also build out programs specific to schools. So if schools have programs that companies find attractive. Um, Cash App is very big on their engineering, so they're going to always have mm-hmm. that big engineering focus. And now they're they're even shifting more into getting more creative focus. But, um, you know, and, and even thinking about my time at Worldwide Technology, Worldwide Technology was very focused around software development. So I, I look at what the company needs and what they have an appetite for and where are those positions that can have the biggest return on investment and where can I place people? Because there is no point in me bringing you into this company and then I have nothing for you long term. Everybody's long term goal is to come in, learn and, and get a get a job. And so I want to be sure that I have those jobs out there for people to, to be able to step into. So I think about the appetite of the company. And then I look at the, the partnerships that I have. And it doesn't just stop at universities. There are so many community partners out there when you think of community partners like Launch Code, which focuses on, um, you know, getting people within, you know, different technical fields, um, whether it's software development or user experience design. There's Claim Academy. There's so many different programs. Mm-hmm. Even Google yeah. has their own program, which they consider as irrelevant or is the same practices as a four-year degree. There's so many community partnerships and there's so many strategic partners out there that I utilize and that I work with and that I build partnerships with to be able to grow this vast pipeline of next generation talent. So career fairs are very important, um, but they're only the scratch of the surface, but it also is just a great way to get out there and network and to learn to network. I, I know uh, you were talking to Dino about this within you all session. And, you know, even if networking is awkward, it's important to do it. <laughs> so um, career fair is a great way to do that that. But I, I, I find my talent through a plethora of different ways, strategic partnerships, my own personal relationships. I go above and beyond. Um, if you talk to any of my close friends, you know, they'll tell you that I'm texting them like, hey, do you have a student that you know that's interested in doing this? Oh, or wow. anybody who's transitioning, you know, into the workforce that are that wants to do this. I have this great early career emerging talent role that I think will be great. Um, so I utilize all different methods when it comes to, to attract that talent. And it really does come to meeting people where they're at. And if we're thinking of, you know, your traditional student in the sense of age, you know, we're thinking about that Gen Z, they're they're not just doing the traditional thing. So you have to... You have to stick with it and you have to know your audience. Um, but it really is fun. It's an exciting job. And there's so many ways to navigate through those different things. But I love that you mentioned career fairs because those those are awesome um, because they don't exist. Now, they, don't, they don't exist just within the university space, but they even exist at the professional level, too, where different organizations host them. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. And I brought up career affairs because I know when I was, when we were both going to SIUE, mm-hmm. um, I used to go to their career fairs quite a bit, especially mm-hmm. in my last, you know, my third or my, you know, close to last in my final year of college. Um, I just, you know, I was looking for a job. It was 2011, you know, and I just remember going to them a lot. And I honestly, I struggled with career fairs because I'm just not big on mm-hmm. these big career events in general. I don't know what to say. I don't know. Um, you know, what kind of questions that they are going to ask. And usually I'm just generally nervous. I'm curious if you have, do you have any tips or advice for anybody that may be listening that's, you know, in their early career stage or is about to graduate college and they're trying, and they, you know, are either going to attend an in-person career fair or a virtual Mm -hmm. or a virtual career fair nowadays. Do you have any tips for anyone 
Absolutely. So my first tip is attend them. There's so <laughs> many things out there and it's amazing, you know, especially when you think of college students, um, you know, and I've been to so many different colleges from the St. Louis area to New York to Atlanta um, to everywhere in between. And it's just amazing, you know, how the turnout can be both exciting and even disappointing, um, especially when companies go with the intent to hire. And if you talk to any recruiter, um, they, they, they don't go there just for the visibility. Obviously, that's a, a good part of it, but the ultimate goal is to hire. And so my step, my, my first word of advice or tip is to actually just go, just show go, up. <laughs> just show up and talk to people. Um, and, you know, and, and, and find your comfort zone when you're talking to people within these career fairs um, and, and how you navigate through them. You don't have to talk to every company. Research before you go. Know who's going to be there. Um, if you're going to a career fair and you are a software engineering student, um, it probably wouldn't behoove you to talk to Chamberlain School of Nursing um, because more than <laughs> likely they're going to be looking for nurses um, unless, right. you, unless you know that they they have a technical position out there for you. Um, so, yeah. so know who you're going to talk to and, and have a map of it. More than likely, they're going to have a physical map of where the companies are. So before you even step foot in there or before you even log in, know exactly where the companies are that you want to talk to and research the companies that you want to talk to. So when I come up to Martel Mann at the career fair and I say, hey, Martel, I'm interested in working at WashU, um, I would have already known a little bit about WashU. I would have already maybe even looked at what mm. jobs you all have have open because okay. it is it's typically a requirement before we even go to a career fair to list our jobs to list things out about the company put different links out there to our website so all of this stuff is more than likely going to be accessible to you before you even attend their career fair so go with the plan in mind and i would say have anywhere between three to five companies that you know you have to talk to them and leave them your resume um, and at least try to gain um, a point of contact whether that's via linkedin um, or whether that's a personal email I will say not all times are recruiters apt to hand out their email all the time at these career fairs. They may have like a email folder that they like to collect resumes or they may give you their their LinkedIn. Don't take it personal. Just understand that, you know, people within that recruiting HR space, they just get so many responses from people. And so they want to be fair and equitable. So if they just give you their LinkedIn, that's OK. Um, and don't be a, and don't hesitate to follow up. Don't be afraid to follow up. But the biggest tip I can, I can say, obviously, attend, do your research and then have your game plan and then choose three to five that you really are going to try to build and connect with and leave your resume with. Uh, because again, you're not, you can't talk to all a hundred companies or all 50 companies or even all 20 companies, nor do you want to be selective with your, um, be selective with yourself and, and be selective with your career and, and, and be intentional and be specific and be purposeful. Even if you are a college student and, you know, you feel like you're desperate for a job or you are a recent graduate, you've already graduated and you're, and you're desperate for a job. Be, be, be selective with yourself and be intentional with, with how you put yourself out there. Wow. Yeah, definitely great tips. Thank you so much no uh, for that. And I think one of the things that I really liked or enjoyed about going to a career fair is that it was a d direct connection with somebody mm -hmm. at the company. Um, mm -hmm. Because typically when I, I, I remember going to these career fairs when I was in college and I would, you know, apply for these jobs online, which were just, you know, uh, submit my application, wouldn't hear anything from anybody or I wouldn't be able to connect with somebody. And I think one thing about these career fairs is that I'm able to connect with an actual person that typically works in human resources or works in yeah. the this particular field that I'm interested in getting into. Uh, so that's, you know, a great thing about it. And I think those mm -hmm. are great tips. One follow-up question I had on that, is there anything that someone could do to possibly stand out um, at a career fair? It sounds like all those things that you listed, you know, knowing, mm -hmm. knowing the company, first of all, showing up, knowing, the, you know, knowing, yeah. doing your research on the company, knowing what jobs you have, sounds like it would make the person stand out. But I wonder, if there, is there anything else a person could do to try to stand out from the rest of the pack? Absolutely. So if I'm talking to my traditional college students who are at, you know, your traditional four-year universities or even your, your two-year colleges, um, I, I definitely advise going to the Career Services Center, but take what they give you and then make it your own. So what I see at a lot of 
a lot of universities is you can tell that the career center has the same format for everybody's resume because everybody hands me the same looking resume. Um, so if you could take what they give you as far as, you know, making your resume stand out, take that and maybe hop on um, a, a different site, maybe hop on Word and, and put some color onto it, or, you know, maybe hit up your friend that is good at Photoshop and, and have them edit it. Um, <laughs> you know, send it to me. I'm, I'm launching um, Revamp with Robbins, some, some resume editing services, nice. but do something to make your resume stand out, especially if you're going to their career services, because as, as well-intentioned as they are, and I absolutely love the career services teams at universities, um, they are only a small group of people servicing a lot of people. So they're going to give you the tips that they need, but they're going to keep it very surface level. So take what they give you and then make it your own. Um, and then also just just being being polite is is always really good. But, you know, you don't have to if, if you're not a huge people person, you know, don't go out of your way to exert yourself to be one. Be yourself. Be your authentic mm, self. Be people are going to appreciate that. People are going to love that. And again, don't underestimate the, the ability of a follow up on LinkedIn. When you connect, you can even just send a note saying, great to see you, Martel, at the WashU Career Fair. Um, I, as a reminder, you know, I, I'm studying so, so, and so, and so. If you all have any opportunities in that space, I'm open to have a conversation. Thank you. Have a good day. Um, that's always a great way to stand out. Um, but the biggest thing is going to be when we go back and look at those resumes or when we're even looking at resumes in front of us with all the traffic. If your resume looks like the students before you and the students after you, it probably won't stand out. And then mm. any, even people who are transitioning um, or apprentices who are attending, you know, your professional level career fairs, the same thing really goes. Um, but it really does come down to, you know, how how does your resume look in a crowd of other resumes and, and just authentically being yourself. And maybe just have if it's in person or even um, virtual and, and you can see people. So this is my little tip that I use for myself. Maybe have something small on you that stands out. My thing is always glasses. So I always wear, I'm a very unique pair of glasses that people typically oh, okay. tend to remember yeah. me by. So whether you have on, um, you know, a, a fun, but, you know, professional tie <laughs> Or whether you have a flower on your shirt or whether you have, again, a pair of glasses or something like that, even something visual that stands out about you. Wow, that's really, really make good. A difference. It's, it's, a, it's, very, it's like a very small tip. So they can say that person um, but, with the nice glasses, you know, with exactly. the, uh, with the nice, nice tie or something like that. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those uh, tips uh, about that and about, you know, attending a career fair. I wanted mm -hmm. to stay on it, but kind of pivot, I guess, away from the career fair yeah. and uh, go more into, I know you mentioned that you have returnships or the, mm -hmm. you mentioned the phrase returnships and people returning mm -hmm. uh, to the workforce. I, I wonder, do you have any um, tips for those people or even uh, I'm thinking of people that may have had some kind of gap in their resume mm -hmm. uh, or people that may have little um, experience, little to no experience mm -hmm. on their resume. Uh, what kind of tips do you have for those people who may be looking for, you know, getting into an early career job? Absolutely. So uh, it goes back to what I was talking about when I mentioned my career journey. Um, never under my, at the, underestimate the power of those transferable skills. So, Every job that you've had, it, it has some sort of relevant experience. And that just comes down to, again, making sure that your resume can really showcase that. So transferable skills are going to be everything um, when you're thinking about that next level um, or where you're trying to spruce up your resume a little bit. But also a way to get around having little to no experience is, is getting involved where you can, whether you are a traditional college student or whether you are, you know, a full, you have a full time job and you're going through a program, um, you know, find those opportunities, whether it's volunteering, whether it's being an assistant to your professor, whether it is, you know, working somewhere on campus, whether it is being an assistant to the program manager of the strategic program that you're in, find some way to get involved. So again, you can have some people to vouch for you. So you can have some areas to get those transferable skills. But every job that you has has or that you've had has some area to transition and to flow into your your next career path. And now more than ever, 
we have so many areas of opportunity to go out there and learn. I mean, even on LinkedIn, they have this thing called lynda.com, which yes, is an yeah. extension of LinkedIn learning. I know you had Chris on here from LinkedIn not too long ago. Um, but go on there and do some LinkedIn learning trainings and you can put those different things on your resume. Granted, these are not, you know, certified formal trainings, but it shows that you took that extra initiative. And then you can even take it a step further and go out there and look and see what a company like Google offers, which they do offer certified trainings that are self-paced. You can do on your own. So let's say maybe you don't have the time to, to formally work or you haven't held a job. What learnings have you that have you done that you can put on your resume? Everything is transferable. Wow. Yeah, that's and great. And especially as that next generation of talent, um, you, I just feel like this next generation has so many opportunities to make themselves stand out and just to learn and grow. So if we're talking specifically about them, um, that is absolutely my recommendation. Wow. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh, those are great recommendations and great tips, um, especially, you know, utilizing what you already know and the experience that you already have and uh, mm-hmm. utilizing these resources, which you mentioned, Linda, I think it's Linda.com or, uh, is that learning tool with um, that you can get through LinkedIn. Uh, and like you said, I think you mentioned it at the beginning of the program, um, Code Academy uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things. And Google has their own program as well where you can learn mm-hmm. different things on your own, like how to code and things like that. So even if you're, you know, for example, a teacher that's transitioning that would like to transition into more of a corporate role or into coding or a developer, uh, mm-hmm. you can, you know, go out. And I know my wife who works in education, she's had fr- uh, friends that worked in education that has transitioned out into these uh, mm-hmm. coding careers or tech careers and been able to do it successfully just by taking these, you know, and without having to pursue a college degree in this field and so forth. So that, I think that's amazing. Uh, what advice do you have for someone that maybe like I mentioned, like a teacher or somebody who may not be uh, in a in a certain career field, but they want want to transition to that career field. Would it be the same advice as to you know take advantage of these different resources that are out there? Um, what are what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say that, and think about what you're good at and what you're passionate about, and maybe even run with it that way. So I I, I love the the example of a teacher because teachers are are so knowledgeable in what they do. Um, and you know, they, they, they need love. And oftentimes they find themselves looking for that next step. So I think about a math teacher, what is, you know, what Mm. is the foundation of coding and anything technical it's math. So, you know, I think about that math teacher going into, you know, that next step, maybe it's coding, maybe it's some, some form of engineering, or I'm thinking about that English teacher. Um, and you want to get into journalism. Um, you want to work in, you know, social media management things like that you can take that and you can run with it so think about what you're good at think about what you know and then honestly just just run with it and then don't hesitate to reach out to people and ask them about their careers um i think we sometimes become too prideful where we don't want to say hey martel i know that you're in finance um and and you're my peer but i still want to learn about what you do and we shouldn't be afraid to say that. That is the point of connections. That is the point, you know, when, when, when we think of the history of college and why it exists, why do we go off? Why do we, you know, join these clubs? Why do we join these organizations? It's for networking. It's to, to build these relationships. So whether it's your peer, whether it's somebody younger than you, whether it's somebody older than you, um, whether you're coaching up, coaching down or coaching across, um, whether you're mentoring up, down or across, do not hesitate to ask someone about their career field and what it took to get them there. And most people will be open and honest about it. Um, but again, we, you go to school with these people, you go to these boot camps with people, you go to, you do these certification programs with people. Um, and, and the point of it is, is so that you all can reach back and ask them. So find your passion, find what you're good at. For me, it was, I was good at talking. I always got in trouble at school for talking. I was always <laughs> and now look at you, it's working out. And, yeah. and now I talk <laughs> and I, I, I program manage for a living. That is my job. <laughs> um, for some people, it's numbers. For some people, you know, you're caught doodling in class all the time. You're not paying attention. Why? Because you're a creative. You're supposed yeah. to be a designer. You're supposed <laughs> to be a user experience designer. You're supposed to be a graphic designer. Or maybe you're passionate about being creative, but you also have that empathetic side where you care about you know how people look at things 
when you think of a career field like user experience design, it's so much more than just making sure that this app is functional. There are real feelings and passion that goes right. into how people build out apps and how it is functional for a user. Um, so, and then, and then research. There are so many career fields out there that we just simply do not know about. Take some time on LinkedIn and just browse through mm. people's connections and what they do and how they do it and say, you know what, that sounds like a good career field. Let me look it up (laughs) because I I think I want to do that because I'm good at this um, and I'm going to draw the connection and then I'm going to do that. So don't hesitate to ask people about what they do and how they do it. Most people are going to be very open and honest about it. And if they aren't, shame on them. Um, But there's always going to be people that are. And I'm happy that things like corporate-ish exist because this is a chance for people to listen, to learn. I listen. I learn. I was listening to what Dino said. I was listening to what Chris said. (laughs) Um, So I want to know. Um, yeah, same. And you should, you should, you shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't withhold knowledge. You should, you should give it to people. But also follow your passion too. I think now more than ever, especially within the past year, a lot of people learned that they hated their jobs because mm-hmm. yeah. there was no, you know, you didn't walk in and you didn't have the free lunch or you didn't walk yeah, you in. You didn't have the free the perks. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have the happy hour. You didn't have the nice view. All you had was your desk and all your you had computer. was your job or your computer <laughs> or Maybe you walked into your office, you know, maybe you were a frontline worker and you discovered, you know what, this does not make me happy. So now more than ever, I think the ball is back in the candidate's hand where you can be choosy, you can be selective and do that, but put some passion and purpose and and, and be intentional about it and learn. Never stop learning. I'm taking courses right now on, you know, things just related to program management because I don't know it all. I know a lot, but there's always things that I can learn too. So never stop learning to it. I think that, um, I, th- I think that answered it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. That, that more than answered it. That was, that was a great answer. I, I mean, I think you really hit it on, hit it on the head, especially with the me on the last part, uh, continuing to learn and continuing mm-hmm. education. Cause I'm constantly learning myself as well. Um, because I, I mean, I learn. I think I learn something new every day at work, working in finance. I see different things all the time, especially working for a university. Uh, it's just, it's a lot that goes on. So I always try to learn different things always, and not just even just pertaining to work, but just in general, keeping up on current events and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think that's important. And I was, I was going to ask you about, you know, how, to, how, you know, your thoughts on people choosing their career paths, especially since mm-hmm. you work in early development. But yeah. I think you touched a lot on it about, you know, if you're, you know, at the begin, even at the beginning of your career, you should figure out what you're good at, what yeah. you're passionate about uh, and go from there and, and also have a good understanding that it may not be. And we touched on this at the beginning of the episode that it mm-hmm. may not be a linear path that you yeah go on that it that is going to have a lot of twists and turns a lot of different directions as you try to figure out Mm -hmm. uh you know exactly what you like because you may not have it all figured out you may know that you're passionate about this and like this and then you get into these different things and you're like well i want to go in this direction and uh and i think that's what that's at least that's what i'm getting out of for someone that may be uh at the beginning of their career trying to figure out exactly what they want to do uh and what career path they want to take yeah and in the same breath of that um don't be upset if you know if the if the journey isn't glamorous N- you know now and you know I, I talk about now we have so many resources and, and do what you're passionate about and that's all fine and dandy too but understand that every day is going to be a TikTok or you know not every day is going to be what you see on people's social media um you know people will have these high visibility jobs and still be unhappy or still be underpaid um so get your coin and understand that not every day is going to be glamorous. Understand, you know, not your journey may not always be glamorous, and that's okay too. Um, you know, don't don't look left or look right. You're looking, you're looking straight, and again, you're looking ahead. You're still asking people. You're still, you know, networking. But I can't base my career path off of Martel's career path. Right. Um, yeah. So that's another big thing too, especially for this, you know, next generation and people feeling, you know, like maybe they're not where they should be and, and they, you are, you're exactly where you should be. You can, you, there's always room for bigger and better, um, but don't let other people make you feel bad about what it took for you to, to get somewhere. Great advice. Great, great points. I love that. 
so uh, one question I wanted to ask you about uh, early career development in general, mm-hmm. um, and this is probably the last one that we'll ask mm-hmm. before we you know wrap up everything mm-hmm. here. But at the beginning of your of of a person's career, um, early on in their career, you know, fresh out of college or returning mm-hmm. to the workforce, do you have any thoughts or tips on how someone can negotiate their salary uh, with, especially those with little to no experience, or those that are transitioning into a you know career field that they may not be you know familiar with or have experience in? How how should someone approach? that conversation or do you have any tips for someone uh, regarding salary? Yeah, honestly, do your research and ask. Um, I think people don't ask. There's, there, there can be room, um, you know, don't, don't let somebody build your ceiling for you. Do your mm. research on market value. Do your research on, you know, maybe what the, the average is getting paid within your region, with your level of experience, um, and simply just ask. And then also when you're in the interviewing process, uh, in some states, it's even illegal for them to ask you um, how much you're currently making. So uh, a great combat to that question is to just simply say, um, I am looking to make. So you don't have to, you don't have to technically answer that question about what you're currently making, especially if you're looking to make a, uh, a jump within your your salary and look up your state and where you're at to see if it's illegal because there are there are laws around asking someone how much they make. Not every state has adopted to these laws, but understand that some states see the importance of you know confidentiality. but do your research, set your expectations, with you know the with the recruiter with the hiring manager whenever they ask, um, and 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 simply just ask, and then also whenever you are in a place, understand the compensation structure. So maybe it's not that you got that extra five thousand that you were looking for, but maybe they have a bonus structure. Maybe mm, maybe okay. you joined in the middle of the company and. Um, you know, the the yearly raises are at the end of the month. So yeah, you didn't necessarily get that 5K up front, but you know that if you can prove over the next six months, you can get that 5K when your evaluation comes up. So also ask the questions about how they compensate, about how they um, incentivize, whether it's through bonuses, whether it's through your yearly check-ins um, or however that works. So un- understand that too, because that will also help you. And then it's okay to sit on something too. Um, if they give you an offer and you're unsure about it, feel free to sit on it. Take some time, evaluate your finances, consult with your partner, consult with the parent, consult with a friend, um, you know, whatever you need to do. But I think simply just asking, understanding the company's compensation and incentive structure, uh, because I've had that happen before too, where I may have asked for something and it's like, okay, we can't necessarily do it right now, but understand bonuses come right here. And that bonus was right on the tail end. And so it's like, okay, that makes sense. And then also look at other stuff or uh, other options that the, that the company offers that could be, um, you know, a, some sort of return on investment, whether it is stocks or, you know, they offer childcare or their insurance is good. People don't more think paid about time it. off. Yeah. yeah, or more paid time off. So yeah, they didn't give you that extra two K, but their insurance is the best with you know in the area, and mm, so you're saving yeah. um, an extra seventy five a month compared to Joe Blow over here, who was willing to give you that extra two K. But understand, you're you're gonna they're gonna get their money back. So look at the compensation structure and the benefit structure as a whole, because that'll really help you help you understand where and when to ask because things like benefits you don't think about until it's coming out of your paycheck and you're like what how am like, I wait spending? a minute I have to yeah. pay for parking exactly <laughs> how am I spending this much on my health care or you know my dental care and everything else um, or how is it that yeah I have this extra raise but like you said Martel I only get um, 12 days out of the year and that's just a, a ballpark you know that's just a random number but I only get this much time off compared to the company that necessarily didn't have the 10k 
but I got the unlimited PTO or something like that. So understand right. the perks, understand the compensation structure, understand the incentive structure, understand the benefits. It's something that people do not think about. But when I, I mean, so even something is, is small as, and it's not even small, the 401k match. I mean, if a company mm, yeah. is offering That's 3%, huge. but the other company is offering 6%, but the 3%er is giving you, you know, let's say $5,000 more, Trust me when I say go with that 6% company yeah, go with because the 6%. that's, that's going to make the difference in the long run. So understand those little details about how, how the pay is, is, is given to you in the, in the things in between the lines. But then also at the end of the day, all you have to do is ask. What is the worst they can say is no, they're not going to you know rescind your offer. They can say no and you can choose to say, okay, I want to take this offer or you can, and, and understand, um, Cash is not the only way to negotiate your salary. Um, you know, sometimes it's not money that people are looking for. They are looking for, hey, your 17 days off is not enough for me. I would like to negotiate five or five more days off. So can mm, I get 20, right. 22 days off a year instead of 17? Or, you know, can I negotiate this, that, and the third? So understand that mo physical money or cash, I, I use it, you know, cash is just a physical money term. That is not the only way to negotiate. You have the ability to negotiate a few other things. You can negotiate your bonus. You can negotiate your pay time off. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. You can negotiate your hours. Um, so understand that, you know, liquid cash is not the only thing that you can say, okay, I, I want $5,000 more. Trust me when I say those PTO days may be worth the negotiation <laughs> if the company Definitely. does not have, you know, a, a significant amount. There's so many ways to do it, but understanding how that company operates internally is, is, a, is good. And they'll, and they'll give you, they can give you their benefits package. They can do that. They can give you their benefits package. They can break down, um, you know, their comp structure and everything like that. But at the end of the day, do your research and simply just ask the question, hey, I would like to, you know, counter offer with this and have it laid out. Nice. That's definitely a great answer. Uh, I love that answer, especially about not setting up that bar low. Cause I know I did that to myself when I came out of college mm -hmm. and I was looking for a job. I didn't, I mean, I wouldn't even say I set the bar low. I didn't have a bar at all. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, whatever they threw out at me as far as salary, I was going to take it in either way. But it, but I'm glad you said that we should do, you know, somebody in that same position should do their research, mm -hmm. know exactly what the salary is out there, what the market is asking for. Also look at the benefit structures and all that uh, to make a, you know, great comprehensive decision uh, on compensation and, and benefits in total. So definitely great answer. Thank you so much, Robin. Um, so to, so we're going to wrap up here. Uh, so to wrap up the conversation, I'm going to just ask you some questions, just some kind of like rapid fire questions. Um, I'm going to start off with the first one here. Uh, so the first one is, what is something that you enjoy doing outside of work? Oh, man, I love getting my hair done. <laughs> very, very strange, I know, but I, I love getting my hair done. I love my hairdresser. I love my hair. I'm obsessed. If anybody knows me personally that's listening to this, you probably know it to be true. But I love getting, I love getting my hair done. Love it. Okay, good, good answer. Uh, next question I have. What was the best advice you were ever given? Um, the best advice I was ever given, and, and, and she continues to give it to me, is my mom. She always just tells me to, to stay in my lane um, and be humble about everything. Because as soon as you're, you know, just as fast as you're giving things, it could be taken away. So, so be humble and stay in my lane um, and understand that everything happens for a reason. Nice. Great advice. Um, next question I have is, what is one thing you want to be known for? So if somebody thinks of Robin, what do you want to come to mind? Oh, man. Can I be shallow? Can I say gray hair? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you, can, you can say that. Yeah, my hair, that's number one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, personally, you know, I don't know, just being a good person, but professionally... I want to be known as that person that that helps people find find their career, find their passion, especially when it comes to inclusion and diversity. When I think of, you know, black and brown students and, you know, people who are in that space and, and women, um, I want to be known as that person that really helped them find their footing and their passion and help them grow in whatever areas that they were looking for. 
great. I, re- I really like that. And the last question I have, uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, man. Um, I, I love to sleep, so it takes a lot. No, um, <laughs> honestly, just just life. I, 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 it doesn't take much to excite me. I'm a very excitable person. Um, so I really just, you know, my family, my friends, my job, I love what I do, uh, you know, here at cash and even, you know, prior to this, I, I love the work that I do. So, so that gets me out of bed every morning, but also I feel like I have the ability to make a difference. Sometimes I'm amazed at the stories that I get from people you know, who I've worked with, who, you know, they started off as an intern and now they're doing this. So, you know, they're on the news for something or they they started a project They're you know, they're doing something great. Um, you know, I think that's really cool. And that just gets me out of bed to be able to, to work with people. But, you know, on a more personal level, I love my friends, love my family um, and, and just love to be around the people that, that love me. Great. Great. That's a great answer. Uh, thank you so much, Robin, uh, yeah. for joining me today. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, I think you dropped some great tips, some great gems on this show today. So I think the listeners will get a lot out of it. Uh, before we wrap up, do you have any way that uh, any of the listeners could connect with you or, or contact you? Uh, and also, do you have any shout outs um, or anything that you would like to shout out? Yeah, shout out to you. This is amazing. Um, I think it's cool to have this platform where people can talk about their their professional experience. I understand the corporate world isn't the only world out there that exists, but I do love it. And I think it's important for, for us to, to tell our stories and to share our perspective. Um, so shout out to you first and foremost and anybody Thank else you. that's Thank been you. on this pack on this podcast. Um, but also um, you know, just shout out to to my my mom for sure who always pushed me, my dad, my parents, and then my, my aunt, like I mentioned, my aunt Tiffany, who's in HR, she was a huge driver um, in, in just how I thought about my career. And, you know, she was my person. She was my board of advisors. People always say, you know, have that that mentor board of advisors. And, um, you know, and that's another piece of advice for for people out there. Have, have a board of advisors of people that you go to for your professional things. But because she's my aunt, she even, you know, helped me overcome things personally as it relates to human human resources. She's my mom's little sister and they're thick as thieves. And, you know, they are just, a ble- they're a blessing in my life for sure. So shout out to them. And then on, you know, on LinkedIn, if you want to connect, it's just Robin, Robin Hines with the, with the parentheses and Kelly, I'm changing my name currently. So Robin Kelly Hines or Robin Hines Kelly. I don't know which one it is on there. And then <laughs> um, on a personal level, if you want to co- connect, my LinkedIn is just R underscore Kells, R underscore K-E-L-L-Z, not to be mistaken for anybody else with that name that could be a jail. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have no relation. No, no relation at all. No, no relation at all. So R <laughs> underscore Kells. But no, I, I'm so grateful to be on here. Thank you, Martel. I appreciate you. I really appreciate you too. Thank you again, Robin. Uh, and thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you everyone for listening today. All right. You, everybody, uh, you have a good one. Bye y'all. Bye.